my tank, Shelly, fill my tank. <laughs> right? All right, so what I would like us to do is if you guys could stand, I believe uh, I want to read the word together. I want us to read this Isaiah passage together. I want our mouths to be activated with the word of the Lord, to recreate, to wash over our brains that the Lord is doing a new thing. We're going to step into this as a body. So we're going to read it together. It's, uh, I think it's two slides. We're going to read through 18 through 21 together. And I just, I want to speak, Lord, we are going to step into your word. We're going to declare it with our mouth. We ask for it to now wash over our mind. Lord, we ask that you would begin to cultivate, stir up within us the fullness of what this word is. So as a body, we read, forget Do not call. Behold. Now, will you not be aware of it? Because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people who I form for myself will declare my praise. Can anyone say amen? Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. It feels good to enter into the word, doesn't it? To step into the word of God and to believe it and behold it. See, one of the things I think that we're going to do is we're going to answer a few questions. Guys, I am a believer, and I love at work, they, they joke around with me. I, um, communication, you guys may have been here years ago when we did kind of a communication theme, a workshop. But one of the, the phrases that's in it is straight talk. So we're going to have a little straight talk this morning. What is straight talk? Straight talk is candid, honorable, open and timely communication. One of the key parts of open key, like straight talk communication is questions. Now, if I told you um, that yes and no questions are absolutely bankrupt, they get you nothing, would you agree with me? John, are you going to the store later? Did you learn anything? He's going to the store. Why would I ask that, right? Is there milk at the store? Hopefully, no. yes. <laughs> In this economy, let's, that's a question, right? Eggs would be a better question, right? So yes or no questions don't get you much information. God, are you for me? Yes. How does that not all, like, shouldn't it ring true? Right? But that's not what you're really asking, right? How are you for me, God? Now that is packed with all kinds of information, isn't it? So questions are powerful. The most powerful questions we can ask are what, how, when, and where. Yes or no questions don't get us much. And you know what? Why is dangerous? You know why is dangerous? Why demands motive. Why did you do that? 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 All of those, no matter how kind my heart is, 
demands that you defend yourself. So show up and tell me that what you did was actually justifiable. So yes and no gets us little information, and why gets us a defensive conversation. So let's put yes and no and why to the side with the Lord right now. Why did this happen, God? Let's put that one to the side. Is this you, God? Let's put that one to the side. Okay? And let's ask some powerful questions this morning. What, where, when, and how? And let's see what the Lord wants to say. Amen? So what? This scripture, what, what are you doing? When you say a new thing, what are you doing? Not, are you doing a new thing? He already said he's doing a new thing, so he's answered that one. Right? What new thing are you doing? The suspense. A new thing. The biggest thing that we can get our arms around is that the new thing is not circumstantial. The new thing is not circumstantial. It is 100% relational. This is going to be the big crux, because if we're looking for God to do a new thing in our circumstances, it's a mirage. Remember what we talked about? Right? It's going to lead to disappointment. Why do we know that it's relational? Because God, one, is relational. Two, he's created a for us for a relationship. And three, the only eternal thing is... So if he's going to do a new thing in the land of the living, it is going to be relational. It's going to be relational with him and relational with one another. So part of the whole process is how are we getting over circumstances? Now, I'm going to put you into some verses. These are the ones that came to mind. We're not going into a place of eradication. We're going into a place of expansion. Your kingdom come as it is in heaven, right? So what we're talking about, the new thing relationally, is it's called expansion. What we have to do is let go of our desire for things to be eradicated, right? There's nowhere in scripture that says that until Jesus comes back, that turmoil is going to go away. In fact, scripture says wars increase, plagues increase, troubles increase, right? Well, that's not good news. Who wants that gospel? So what is the gospel? What is the good news? Do you hear the question? What is the good news then? It's kingdom expansion. He has something that is greater. Amen? So if we're looking and spending all of our energy praying for circumstances to change, right? We're creating a, a mirage and a bunch of energy that we're expending that was gonna lead us to disappointment. But if we begin to uh, invest in a relationship with him and one another, then guess what happens? The light starts to expand and it starts to push out darkness, right? And where he is, everything changes. Instead, we have to give up 
our right to sit here and go, Lord, I'm telling you, just like, if you could just completely change, for me, I'm like, just the education system, just eradicate it, Lord, just like, just like all this stuff that's happening in the education, God, I just, I don't know, just clean it up, God, just clean it up, especially before my daughter has to get in the middle of it. That's, that's yucky, right? Why is it yucky? Because it's not very powerful. It's circumstantial. But if I pray and go, Lord, give us wisdom to see what you're doing in the education system so that I can partner with you and to speak light in life. Cool? It's about expansion, not eradication. It's about connection versus community. Now, now don't, don't, don't get all semantics on me. Don't, get, don't, don't go down that line. Stay with me. Connection. Literally, the word connection means linked. We are a body of believers. We're all members of one body. We're linked together. Community is shared values that we enjoy. You know what community is about? Me. Community is, do I feel good? Do I feel safe? Do I feel accepted? Do I feel, do I get, do I have, do I want, do I, is this the community that I want to be in? Connection says, I am a part of you, God, and I'm a part of these people. I can't separate myself. So I fight differently. Do you see how you fight differently for connection versus community? Can I get an amen? amen. I want to make sure I'm not losing you guys. So when we're talking about a new thing that's relational, we're talking about kingdom expansion, and we're talking about connection, relational connection, right? I can't say I'm going to do away with Karen. I don't know what's going on in Karen's life. I'm going to do away with her, right? I don't have time for that. I'm way too busy. I got, I've got Emma. I've got work. I've got all kinds of stuff. I, I, like, if we don't have a gathering, I guess I'm not going to know about Karen. That's community. Connection is, I may never spend time with Karen, but she's valuable, and when I see her, I declare blessing and health and life over her. And when I see her, I can connect to her. Does that make sense? There's a difference. What is it giving me, or what am I giving to the body? Okay? A new thing. Persecution versus preservation. Ooh, gosh, I'm just, I'm, you guys are loving me this morning, aren't you? Right? Guys, persecution, I, don't, I can't even remember, someone um, call out the, the, the scripture to me. Blessed are those who are persecuted for, they will inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the thing that creates all the difference in your body, right, can create health in your body, create relational health, can deliver, can uh, uh, um, raise the dead, all that stuff that's in the kingdom, peace that surpasses understanding, all that stuff that's in the kingdom, you literally inherit it, you receive it as a blessing. Blessed are those that are persecuted. Why persecuted and not preservation? <laughs> Do you
do I believe him or not? Is my question. Do I believe, oops, I asked a yes or no. Gosh, man, I can't stand it when I don't follow my own coaching. Right? Do we believe his word or do we not? Preservation means I don't trust him. Preservation means I don't trust you and the God in you. Preservation means that it's more important what happens to me here on earth than what happens eternally. Right? I mean, we had a reality check. David and I had a reality check of just getting that news this week of, my, of um, one of my mom's best friends, right? That was a reality check. We suddenly started taking inventory of how many people in our family don't know the Lord. Preservation was taking place in us. You're too much. You're too dramatic. There's too much stuff in our family. I don't know if I can deal with all this. And it was preservation, right? I guess I'm not saying let's screw up boundaries and go uh, uh, do things that aren't what God said of that love yourself, right? And love your neighbor. I'm not, I'm not saying that extreme. But what I am saying is have we gotten into so much preservation that we don't step into a place of, of blessing by being persecuted? Does that make sense? The new thing is not I'm okay and my circumstances are great. Right? But there's promise here. Guys, stick with me. There's promise here. So it's persecution versus preservation. Here we go. My hope will always outweigh the horror or darkness around me. I don't know if many of you know Jack Hayford, but he's one of my favorite, um, I don't even know what he calls him, theologians. I'll call him a theologian. He recently stepped into heaven. But he said, my, the Lord woke him one night and about the scripture, and he said, I'm going to do a new thing. Um, Jack, I'm going to do a new thing. And he felt the trembling, the fear, the awe of the Lord. And the next thing that he said was, God said to him is, my hope will always outweigh the horror and darkness around you. And when I read that, I was like, does my hope in Christ Jesus outweigh all that I see right now? All that I'm experiencing. And part of it is, this new thing is inviting us in to be participants, not spectators. Right? When we think about circumstance, you're a spectator. Change this. When you do this. When this looks different. But participating takes a lot of vulnerability and risk doesn't it? To participate in a relationship requires vulnerability. To be a spectator, it's easy to judge and be critical. Right? One of my, um, she's a secular speaker, her name is Brene Brown. I love it because she has this connotation where she says, don't listen to the voices that aren't in the arena with you. Does that make sense? If they're in the trenches with you and they're relationally with you, that's the voice you listen to, the one that says, I will never forsake you, right? I go before you and I'm your rear guard. That would be a good one to listen to in our arena. Amen? And people that agree with that, 
are the people that we should be listening to and feeding ourselves with, not the voices that are outside the arena. Yeah? So Isaiah 43, when I did a little background on Isaiah 43 and the, the scenario they were in, this is what was happening to them. They were being barred, right, under distress of foreign power. What was happening was there was stuff encroaching on them. Foreign powers were coming in and trying to take them into exile, right, being barred to be able to live life with liberties. There was an invasion that was imminent and it was wearing on their soul. They were getting really weary and what ended up happening is they started to get distracted and started to lose some of the things that they know that they should be doing. So they started to get into a bunch of guilt and shame behavior because they weren't doing what was right, right? They started avoiding each other. They started bickering behind each other's backs. They started saying things. They started getting division uh, amongst the ranks is what was happening to them. Does it sound familiar at all, right? For us, I think we can relate to me and this projector don't have a good relationship. For us, we're feeling oppressed and held back, our liberties at risk. I mean, you can feel that, right? You can feel people feeling like, are my liberties, my freedoms at risk? Feeling, oh, there should be an L there, not being overwhelmed. Feeling overwhelmed by circumstances. In the last six months, who has felt overwhelmed by your circumstances? Right? Feeling guilt and shame by your actions. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. Okay? But there's things that we're doing, right, in the hiddenness. Even Lindsay even brought some of that stuff out. Is there stuff that we need to flush, we need to burn? Right? Because there's stuff that we're doing in the hidden places of our heart that is causing us to do preservation actions, hiding, finger pointing, right? Judging. Because we're doing things in the internal being of who we are that aren't aligned with the Lord. It's time to get free of all that, amen? So, how? How do we do this? This is the cool part. Gosh, I'm running out of time. The first one, forget the former and lay hold of what is ahead. The cool part that we're talking about here is Forget the former, which was, we've got that, right? We, we understand that part of it. But the next part of it is, is lay hold of what is ahead. One of the things I just want to remind, we're going to briefly touch on it because I want to get to the, the other part of what we need to talk about, is what are you laying hold of? It's one thing to look. It's another thing to lay hold of it. Okay, if we can hear anything about the word this morning, it's relational and we have to lay hold of where we're going. Amen? We have to go all in. We forget the former things that, um, that have happened. Now, some of even the former is what he's done in the past. I love it. Um, ben got a word during worship where it was in the past, it was throw the chariots into the water. 
right? Circumstances change it. He did things with inhabitants. In Isaiah 43, the difference is he's now putting rivers in deserts and he's putting roadways in wildernesses. Right? Instead of eradicating out, right, he's putting provision in the midst of where we are. So it's a new thing. We praise God, because right before you get into Isaiah, uh, right at the chapter that we started in 18, he tells you about all the things that he did, throwing chariots in and did this for the people. And then he says, forget the former. What is he saying? He says, don't confine me. Remember who I am and don't confine me to what I did. Sound familiar? Right? Call me to my identity and don't hold me to my past, please. Do we not have the same cry? God has the same thing. He's relational. He's with us. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Now it will spring up. Now this is the cool part, is when I stopped and I read this, spring up. That's a very interesting thing for him to say, right? He didn't unfold, unveil. But spring up, the connotation is the root is already there. Good news, it's already there. The root of what he's about to do new in us is already here. It's going to spring up. What are we talking about when spring up? This is the cool part. How blessed is God? This is the message version. And what a blessing he is. He's the father, our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations. Think about that. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. In 2023, Lunar New Beginning. He had us in mind and had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy in his love. To be made what? Whole and holy. It's there. It's there. It's not cultivated by you and I. It's cultivated by him. Is this not good news? We don't have to do anything but be aware of it. Freedom from performance. Yes. Spring up. Spring up. God, what you put in before the foundations of of the earth. He wanted us to enter into his celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. I'm moving on. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people. What? I got two people that are free. (laughs) Right? We're a free people. Free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all of our misdeeds. Are we living this way? It's a new thing. There is a requirement. We have to believe what he did. We have to believe that we're free. 
and not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything that we could possibly need, leading us in on the plans he took for such delight in making. Guys, this isn't just a scripture we're going to fast and pray about that he does a new thing. This is our life he's talking about that has been predestined before the foundations of the earth. This is yours and mine. Do we want it? Amen. Bev wants it. Right? It is in Christ Jesus that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Amen? It is in Christ Jesus. This new thing that we're doing comes out centrically in our relationship with Christ, the fullness of him and who he is, right? Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, we had, he had his eye on us and had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in every and every one. Do we believe that? The new thing requires us to believe. Do you know, it was funny, I was listening to Willy Wonka. Um, am I listening? <laughs> Quoting Willy Wonka on a Sunday morning. Yes, I am. He said, it is silly to doubt what is uncertain. It is silly to doubt what is uncertain. One of the things that we have is we have been spending so much energy in the spirit of fear trying to cultivate this whole thing of, gosh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? We spend so much energy doubting what is uncertain that it is stealing the fact that, guess what? We know what is certain. We have victory. Do you, do you get what I'm saying about what Willy Wonka said? It, it, you're spending energy you don't need to spend. If it's uncertain, why are you doubting? Why do you have fear? Spend energy on what is certain. The word of God. This is that he is giving us everything and everything that we need for life. And that it has been predestined and it is about to spring up. For his divine power has granted us to live everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who has called us into his own glory and excellence. Through these he has granted us precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers in divine nature. Become partakers in what? Divine nature. Divine nature. The new thing. Behold, I'm going to do something new and it will spring up. Will you be aware of it? How are we going to be aware of it? How do you recognize something? Remember we're talking about our high. What? It's relational, not circumstantial. How? We're going to be aware of it. How do you become aware of something? By its nature. By its nature. That's how you know what it is, right? By its nature. How it acts. How it responds. We've got to spend some time recalibrating ourselves to God's nature. Not our nature. God's nature. That's how we calibrate ourselves. 
That's how we respond. That's how we become aware of what he's doing, is we get to know his nature, that he's God, our creator. In this scripture, in Isaiah 43 alone, he reminds us that the best things in you are his idea. Right? He's our creator, our source. As our king, he's bigger than our circumstances. That's his nature. As our complete deliverer, he vanquishes the uh, retaliation against you. Is that not a, a sentence you really want to get down? Vanquishes retaliation against you. He is the deliverer. Right? That's how we trust him. There's so much this belief of uh, attaching ourselves to who he is and his nature. It is the cornerstone. It is the thing that gets you so that you don't wave around in the wind and circumstances take you out. It's understanding who his nature is, is how we become aware of it. The other part of it is, is how do you perceive something that has not yet happened? Right? It's a new thing. So how do I perceive it? How do I say, he, he says, be aware of it. I'm like, I don't see it. Right? So how do you perceive something that hasn't happened? Prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is the testimony of Christ. It's not hard. We begin to do what? We begin to become aware of his nature. And we begin to do what? We begin to speak him. We begin to speak his testimony into our lives. We begin to speak the testimony of Jesus Christ. He saves. He delivers. He redeems. He heals. He cleanses. Right? He raises the dead. When he looks at a grave, he says, get up. We begin to prophesy. We begin to speak him into our lives. That's how we become aware of it. Right? God's call for us to prepare a new thing reminds us to testify of his glory. We have the power of life or death in our tongue. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. Eek. Anybody want to take some heart inventory for a minute? Right? One of the things I'm really working on is I keep saying I'm, I'm dealing with an autoimmune um, disease. And one of the things that I have realized that I've started to do is one of those things that it, how it affects me is fatigue, brain fog. And I say the words a lot, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Right? Guess what my body says? You're exhausted. Right? My body and my surroundings start saying, you know, I, I even have people... I don't, just don't do this, right? I'm giving you forewarning. Please don't do this to me. <laughs> I have people telling me, wow, you don't look good. You look exhausted. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me, right? I know that you're recognizing it, right? But help me recognize something else, please. Right? This place that is in us is of, of what are we speaking? How is it coming out of our mouths? We create worlds with our words. That's another one that I want to come back and talk about. We literally can create atmospheres based on what comes out of our mouth. 
atmospheres within our body, atmospheres in our relationships, atmospheres in our, in our community around us, based on the words that we do. A new thing, it's relational, it's not circumstantial, and to become aware of it, we need to start understanding God's nature, connection, connecting with his nature, and we need to begin to start prophesying, speaking him, his testimony into our lives to be able to see it. Faith comes by hearing is the last one on that one. So much, I mean, think about that phrase. If you just stop, faith comes by hearing. And take inventory. In the last 48 hours, what have you listened to? Is that a fun inventory? Right? Faith comes by hearing. What are you hearing? What are you speaking to each other relationally? What are you hearing through the context of what's coming through, whether it be um, media, whether it be in, in community? But what is it that's stirring in you? What are you listening to and what are you hearing? So where is this new thing? Where is it? This is where he says it is, the desert and wilderness. dun 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 If we want to see a river in a desert, where do you have to be? In a desert. If you want to see a roadway in a wilderness, where do you have to be? Uh, <laughs> it's not a trick, right? He literally is inviting us into, this is a new thing, relationally, as my child, as one in which the Holy Spirit resides in. As you go in and I am in you and you step into a place that has no river, I will manifest a river. But if I stand back here in the valley next to my well, right? And I look out and I see a desert and I go, there's no river out there. I'm going out there. I don't want to go out there. That, that, that looks way too dry. That's way too hot. There's no guarantees out there. But I got a well right here. Okay? What is he calling us to? He's calling us to enter in. Enter into his promises. So here's a few things that cause us not to go where he is, not to go into the desert or wilderness. One, we don't like our current season, so we curse it. I don't like this. This is wrong. This is too hard. I don't want to be here. Right? So instead of seeing it as an opportunity, because I am not, I am, trust me, I am not dumbing down circumstances at all. I am trying to become powerful, full of love, and a sound mind in my circumstances. Can you say yes with me on that one? All right, this isn't like wrinkle your nose. What is that show, Bewitched, where you wrinkle your nose and suddenly things change because you've said the right things of the word of God. No, this is a matter of saying this is the season I am, but I'm walking in this season full of power, love, and a sound mind. Place of unknowing. There is, a there is a way of our faith 
right? Our faith requires us that we're persuaded by his nature, not by what he's doing. Guys, if we weren't persuaded by his nature, I mean, like, think about this. The prophecy of Jesus Christ coming and dying and being the Messiah was hundreds and thousands of years. One of our difficulties in our generation is that we get everything within seconds. It's desensitized us to be able to wait. It's told us that we don't know how to sit and be a participant with God. Instead, we're a spectator waiting for the image to fly in front of us. We, to enter into a new thing, one, have to start blessing the season we're in, not comparing it, not judging it, but saying, if this is the field I'm in, I'm going in with power, love, and a sound mind, and I know your nature, God, and that's what protects me. That's what protects me, is your nature. Not whether circumstances are going well for me. We can go into a place of unknowing because his nature is good. That's the reason why we can say, I'm going to see goodness in the land of the living. It's because if he's there, goodness is there. Does that make sense? Right? Fractures of injustice needing reconciliation. This is the other thing, is grace to be like Christ. We are given grace to be like Christ, not to be better humans. You with me? So part of this thing that we're going after is I got to embrace the season I'm in. I got to be okay with the unknowing, meaning I'm not going to know everything. I'm not going to, everything's not going to be placed out in front of me. He's not going to do it because he needs us to walk in faith. He needs us to be assured by his nature, not by, we don't have the ability. It says that the things going on in this world are too lofty for me. I can't figure it all out. So stop. I don't know why all this stuff is happening. Stop. Right? If you want to know about what God's doing with the economy, stop worrying about the economy. Right? Trust his nature, and he'll probably start telling you about it. That's how he works. We get into relationship with him and understand his nature. We get the right perspective. He'll start telling you the things that you want to know. Fractures of injustice needing reconciliation. Because there is... We think that injustice should be satisfied here. Do you know what injustice really is? Injustice, biblically, the definition of injustice is separation. It's not, you did me wrong. You got something that was mine. That's not injustice. Injustice is something that's been separated. Holy separation. And we are called Ministers of reconciliation. We bring back relationally ourselves to God and one another. That's justice. Justice is not circumstantial. Justice is relational. Do you hear me? True justice is reconciliation of relationship. It is not circumstances weighing in your favor. Now, he blesses. 
He turns things. He creates favor. Why? Because the kingdom of God is multiplying in you, not because you did something or you deserve something. He's multiplying the kingdom and bringing favor and blessing because that's who he is. That's the God that's in relationship with you. Do we get that? Can I get an amen if that hit someone? All right. I'm so running out of time, it's not even funny. So when is this going to happen? Now. Now. Now it is happening. The new thing is now. How? We're going to seek first the kingdom of God. We're going to trust in his name, uh, na nature. Live vigilant. This was the thing that God was putting on my heart last night as I was just meditating and praying. He's like, Leanne, I need you to live vigilant. I need you to be one of those virgins that is constantly filling your lamp with oil. I need you to fill your lamp with oil. Holy Spirit, fall on us. Baptize us. We cannot do this without you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, baptize us. We cannot do this without you. Does anybody amen to that one? Amen. Right? I got to start filling my lamp again. The wick is too low. The oil's too low. I got to start filling it up. I got to start getting that Holy Spirit baptism and fire to be able to do this new thing. Pray without ceasing. Praise and thanksgiving. Guys, it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. If we want to see a new thing, you know what we should do? Everybody get to our feet and start praising the Lord. Because he will inhabit. Danielle, inhabit. Take up residence. Can you imagine what it would be like to have God as one of your roommates? Right? It says that he lives within us, right? But does he have his being within us? Does he inhabit? Does he move and have his being within us? Or did he just save us? Words create worlds, love above all else. Declarations of a new thing. If I've talked to you and you're going to help me declare, will you come up, please? We're going to listen to you. Guys, it is 12.02. I am sorry. They took a long time. <laughs> but I really want to do this. I really want to do this. We've got fears of future. Fear here is not my future. I can't even talk. <coughs> this, is, this is what was re really on my heart to do. I totally don't mind if you go get your kids because I think the kids would love this and be a part of this. And in fact, I want some of them to prophesy. So it's totally fine with me if you go get your kids. We're going to listen to Fear is Not My Future by Brandon Lake. And as we sit into that and meditate that, I don't, I don't lose this moment. Don't lose this moment. What I want to do is I want to see, as we begin to step into this song, meditate to begin to catch what our future is. Begin to raise our eyes to the new horizon because it's relational. I want to hear I believe he's going to start talking about one of the things that he put in my heart that I'm going to read this out that says, we become the rivers and roadways in the lives of the people around us. See, if we read this scripture and make it only about us, right? Where's my river, God? Make my roadway for the wilderness. It's still circumstantial. We're still asking for a rescuer. 
But if we say, God, will you make a river in this desert called the NRV? Will you make a roadway through this wilderness of the NRV? Who's the river? Who's the roadway? Huh. It's relational. It's not circumstantial. We become the answer to the new thing in the NRV. We become the light in one another's lives. We become the way that there is no way because we're connected to him. We're praying to him. We've abandoned all things and only want him. And when we do that, we begin to see things completely different and can see things on the horizon. And we are going to stir it up right here. This is a group of people that I've asked to stir up over marriages, over families, over kids. Guys, we're not going to do the video. I'm just going to have them sing it because of, of the time. Can you guys just go into that for me? And we're just going to begin to declare, fear is not my future, right? You know, part of this song that I love, if you guys haven't heard it, and this is what I want you to do. It says, hello, peace. Can you say that one with me? Hello, peace. Hello, joy. What's the other one? Hello, love. Now I want you to look at each other. Look at each other. Say, hello, peace. Say, hello, joy. Look at each other and say, hello, love. Oh, no, 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 do it again. That was awkward. Let's do it again. Look at each other. Say, hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Say it again. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. That's literally who's inside you is peace, love, joy. Bye, bye, bye to all that other stuff. Sickness is not my story, right? Sickness is not my story. Fear is not my future. Hello, love. Hello, peace. We're going to begin to declare. Can you guys stand with me? We're going to begin to declare. As we sing this song, we're just going to start declaring things into the atmosphere about the new horizon, the new things that God is doing. And they're going to share the mic. They're going to begin to speak over businesses. They're going to be able to speak over marriages, kids, families. And I want you to stay engaged because, guys, this is a new day. I believe the Lord has said the tide has changed. And this morning in prayer, when I was talking about a wave, Terry saw that it was fire. I believe the baptism of fire is going to hit this place today. Amen? Baptize, it's going to baptize us. It's going to burn the stuff off of us that is holding us back. And we're going to be able to say, hello, peace. <laughs> hello, love. Hello, joy. Not because our circumstances have to change for us to feel this, but because we're going to walk in power. We're going to walk in love, and we're going to walk in a sound mind. I want you to begin, as we begin to declare, reach out to people. If you start seeing something, I want you to reach out to someone and start praying for them. Don't leave this place until you know that the baptism of the fire has hit you. Can I challenge you in that? Yeah? Right here. Right here. I want you, four of you, start stirring each other up. Start turning each other up. I'm serious. Start turning each other up. You guys can start singing. You can start singing. You can start singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start turning you guys up. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, yes. Yes. 
Yes. Thank you, God. Father God, I just, I just right now, I just declare off over businessmen and women, over future businessmen and women, I just declare Proverbs 25, 2. For it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. I just declare over people who's been spoken to, God's been putting them in a, a dream over their hearts, Father. I just pray right now that they would just have the courage to search out, to seek out uh, what you're declaring in their lives, Father, that you've given them ideas about their current business right now. I just declare right now that they would just be have the courage, that they have the character to just live out and walk out. I just pray um, just favor over their business, their future business right now in the name of Jesus. Thank hey, you, God. If, if that, yes. guys, can you turn me back on? Yeah, if business, if that hit you, if you're in business or you have new ideas or you want to launch a new idea, I want you to come up and get Brandon to pray for you, yes. the Holy Spirit to hit you. So if you're in business or own a business, come up here and have Brandon pray for you. Let's pray over your businesses to see it straight up. If you need new ideas, creative ideas, if there's an entrepreneur spirit in you, come over here with Brandon. If you want to know what direction you should go with your of each other and those around you. So I just declare over marriages, even though they look like two individuals, their root systems are growing together in unity and strength, and they are, you are one. And if your marriage has felt like a desert or a wilderness, I declare that Christ is a stream flowing through it. And as you reach your roots to the stream, you will find your spouse's roots and you will reconnect again. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, marriage is a huge thing in my heart, not only because I'm married, but because I believe that it's a beautiful picture of laying down your life. And so anything that you're dealing with, whether it's uh, any relationship, going into relationship, through relationship, or relationship is ending, anything that has to do with that aspect of relationship and marriage, 
declare as an expression of your body in this area, in this, in this region of Virginia, that we are not afraid of what is infecting the culture. Yeah. That we, when we fear it, it's because we don't see how it, they fit into our community. But when our high virtue is connection, God, we declare that no matter what they're carrying, they can come in and be loved through it be loved out of it, no matter what they look like, who they voted for, or any of those circumstances, God, that you are the one who brings transformation.
Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So I'm just going to pray and we're, we're just going to keep responding. I'm going to release everybody. Uh, come back Wednesday. Uh, Leanne and worship team is going to be leading us on Wednesday as we continue our fast. And I'll finish next week with a, a message and uh, to finish this off. And also we're going to pray for the youth worship team because they're leading us next week. So I'm excited about that. So Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We just bless you. We just thank you for the response of your kingdom, your goodness. Just pray for the worship, the youth worship team as they prepare this week. We pray for Leanne and the worship team as they lead us on Wednesday night at 6.30. And we just thank you for your goodness as we begin the new. We thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So keep responding. Keep singing. We're going to continue to declare this. But if you got to go, feel free to go. Blessings.